there's that one kid that puts their hand up and they ask the question and everyone's just thinking oh thank god they asked that question because we were all wondering it Welcome back to the Dental Head Start podcast everyone and a happy new year to everyone as we begin 2023 with our first feature of the year. Today is I thought a different way of starting off the year is that I've got Hayden joining me on the other side of the interviewing table. Hello Hayden and welcome to the interview. Hello team. Grateful to be here. Let's go. <laughs> As you all probably are aware, we hear Hayden quite a bit on Hayden's Corner. But this year is very exciting because, Hayden, we're going to introduce you as our new student host and student interviewer because you are now in your final year. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Well, Dr. Erica Quinn, I will. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I've gotten to be involved a bit with the Dental Head Start podcast last year, just with the editing. As Erica's now got a bit more on a plate, you know, we're, we're sharing the load, I guess, is what we're doing. So It'll be fun yeah. to uh, really see where both of us uh, take it. And this really comes back to, I guess, what we've talked about over the years with David as well. Like he started this podcast, and the trip down memory lane. I'm sure everyone's heard us say it a million times. But look, David started the podcast in 2019. He was a graduate, and then he kind of did his first stint of hosting the shows, going through all those new grad tips, and then you know we've had people come in and out through the interviewing roles and it's been so awesome seeing everyone give their take on it but then as he last two years ago now essentially decided to take a step back from it I stepped in to do some interviews I was very much the student host last year as I was undergoing my final year of dental school at the University of Sydney but now I've graduated and so I'm fulfilling the new grad role and very excited to take you all on my journey this year but what we say and coming back to it is that we want to keep Dental Head Start contemporary we want to keep it with the times and you know continuing that transition and passing on the microphone to essentially the new and up and budding dentists and so as I leave that student role, we've got Hayden stepping up on it. And I think you're going to bring a very interesting perspective, Hayden, to the show. What do you reckon? I guess it'll be up to the audience to decide that. So I'm <laughs> uh, looking forward to seeing everyone's feedback and uh, what people think of the episodes going forward. Yeah, I think it's good. And this year is going to be interesting. I think last year we went through that bit of that transition and I hosted a lot of those episodes asking all those uh, all those questions as a student. But now as I go through the teething problems and we're going to share a lot about it today in today's episode. But as I share all the growth that I have as a new grad, that will kind of be the area that I target, whereas Hayden's going to come a bit more from an academic side. And that's what I hear from you know, our discussions about the episodes that we want to host this year, Hayden, is you've got some really interesting guests that you want to bring on. You want to talk about like, you know, representing the budding dental student or the OHT that wants to learn a little bit more about the dental industry. So I think you're going to be a great and fantastic advocate for that area. But just to keep everyone in the loop about what's happening this year is that David's officially back as well. So, yay for that. <laughs> um, David's coming back. He's now also going through a huge transition in his career and life because he is now a practice owner. And so we're going to be adding that to the show as well. For anyone who's you know looking into practice ownership, David's going to be sharing his journey in that aspect of things as well, um, what it's like going from buying a practice, taking over, all those admin side of things, um, how to be a boss essentially and be a practice owner um, and he's also going to be doing a lot more of implants this year as well so we've got a huge variety of topics 2023 is going to be a big year and we're excited for all the growth that we're going to have Hayden do you want to tell us a little bit about our giving project as well because that was something that you very much championed for us all throughout last year yes that's correct so the giving project is has been so much fun working on last year I think one of the things showing up to work to edit these podcasts, you get to really contribute to something more as well. So I believe it was $10,000 total that we donated to various charities and each had a bit of a theme. So, you know, uh, as part of our Christmas theme uh, last month in December, we donated $1,000 to the Smith family. And so that was just uh, incredible again. And I think this year what we want to move towards is more, you know, practical ways we can give back to our communities rather than just through financial means. 
And I'm really looking forward to seeing where we can take that through something as simple as listening to the podcast. So no, I think it's really interesting seeing how the giving project has grown because it was something that, again, we started as we're very fortunate to be in the position that we are in as dentists or soon to be dentists. And on the podcast, we're huge advocates for really you know, giving back to the community. And this whole concept that if everyone were to give back 1%, like cumulatively, we could make a huge difference. It's like one drop, but altogether, we could create an ocean essentially. And we began the giving project with much more minor contributions. But as of last year, we decided, look, any of the profits that we make on the show, we just want to donate them. And a huge thank you of that goes to our sponsors because 100% would not have that means and capacity without them. And also for all of you listening, again, we wouldn't have that sponsorship if we didn't have this humongous following that we do with what was it Hayden last year we had over like 290,000 listens just in total it's insane it's It's ridiculous and and the classic expression is oh it's only going to be a drop in the bucket but see that's where community support is so helpful because all of a sudden you know 200,000 drops in a bucket all of a sudden becomes I don't know if that's a leader but it's certainly a substantial amount of water so (laughs) Um, it's a bathtub at that point but yeah like to think that last year we managed to donate ten thousand dollars like it's only going to go uphill from here we've got sponsors this year who have like we've been in the talks with and they're like look whatever you're donating each month we want to match that and i think that's awesome and it's something we want to encourage our community to do as well and what you said hayden is something that in particular i'm quite passionate about is that i don't want us just to be making monetary contributions but i want us also to be able to volunteer our time our efforts and our services and so a huge passion project that i really want to pursue this year is a way that we can kind of find a intersection or a cross section of what i feel dental head start means and for me that essentially accumulates into an event that we can host where we can have people coming in and volunteering, right? And giving back to the community. That's our giving project part of it, right? I want us to be able to connect the community because I feel like that's one thing. The one thing that we lack on the podcast is that we have a huge following, but we don't really have those interactions, right? It's so awesome when I meet people in real life and they're like, oh, we listen to the podcast. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. But we don't get those daily interactions. So how awesome would it be if we could have an event where listeners and everyone's just able to meet each other, but then also fulfilling our, like essentially the motto of Dental Head Start is helping new graduates and students become great dentists. And so we would love to be able to host an event where we could have more senior dentists coming and mentoring and helping those students and new grads that want to learn more. And so watch this space. It's very much a project that Hayden is helping me champion this year and we're going to work really hard. But also the reason why I wanted to share it on the show is because we very much want to open the floor for anyone that is interested. If you want to get involved, if you've got ideas, if you've got you know connections or people that you know where we could essentially help out where we could start. Hayden, you had some thoughts as well about like you know aged care or people who are currently treating those that aren't able to necessarily access treatment. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And as you uh, rightly point out, please feel free to reach out to us. We've had some incredible people already uh, reach out to us or last year. I'm definitely interested in aged care and just really any disparities that are in oral health. So I'm, again, watch this space because I'm just doing... I'm writing lots of emails and uh, digging, seeing how we can really do our part and help out. So, yeah, I was telling David how awesome it is seeing um, this transition because essentially what I see in you right now, Hayden, is like you've got so much enthusiasm. You're like sending a million emails out to everyone to you know bring a new perspective onto the show. And I'm like, wow, I think you come from a really interesting point of view because the entire year last year, you were editing the episodes. So you were able to hear all the un, like unedited, the raw footage, get all the behind the scenes. Hayden is telling me just off camera before um, or off recording that he's got like, he's accumulating a bloopers That's room. correct, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So of all the mistakes that people don't normally hear, but Hayden hears it all. So again, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, I think you're going to bring such an interesting perspective having had all that exposure to all the conversations, Hayden. So yeah, it'll be it'll be great. But as I said, you're taking on that student role because yes, as Hayden's mentioned, I am now graduated. I'm a now newly 
qualified and registered dentist. And I've officially worked my first week and a half. And so I thought it'd be really good for the podcast to kind of share my journey. And I think that's going to be something that we kind of talk about for the rest of this episode. I guess people have kind of heard me talk from the interviewer side of things. And I want to be honest in sharing my journey because I think it's very much the whole thing. Like you see people on social media, you see the highlights reel, but you don't necessarily know the rest of their story. But yeah, coming back to it is that throughout this year, I kind of want to touch base every now and then and just give people updates on how I'm going, the things that I'm learning, and just giving a really raw, unfiltered, honest reflection of what it's like to be a new grad. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional, and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes, and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. For those that don't know, Erica actually did a whole degree of biomedicine at the University of Melbourne. And so before we talk about her dental journey, I want to know a bit about how she found her undergraduate experience and what that was like transitioning to the University of Sydney and her postgraduate experience. So what are your thoughts, Erica? It's actually really interesting and something that like, I know I come back time and time to again is that after during high school, like once you graduate high school throughout year 12, there is so much pressure to put on an 18-year-old or 17-year-old to say, hey, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I remember at that point, very much not really having an idea of what I wanted, but just doing what other people told me to or what you thought was the norm. And like, or whether people say, oh, you should go into finances and commerce or you should go into medicine or whatnot. Like, And I, I come back to it. And the analogy I always draw is that how do you know what cuisine or food do you enjoy eating until you've tried it, right? How can you tell me, oh, I want to become a doctor or I want to work in healthcare if you've never had a taste for it? How can you be so confident to say, oh, I want to be a lawyer if you've never you know, been to a law firm or sat in court, right? And so I feel like it's such unfair pressure to put on an 18-year-old to say, hey, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And look, granted, some people really do know. Uh, some people know and they follow through with it and it's awesome. But I know at 18, I didn't. <laughs> I knew I wanted to be involved in the health sciences. I knew, actually, it was really funny that as a kid, I wanted to be an author. For the longest time, I wanted to be a writer, but then I was told I'd never make Aww. money doing that. <laughs> um, I was also told that um, I'd make a really good teacher and teaching is still something that I'm really passionate about. But, and then like my family, I come from a family of like entrepreneurs and like businessmen, right? So there was always that influence of it as well. Um, and so then, yeah. This is. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. But it's just, I've come from a very fortunate position of having a lot of role models in my life. But at 18, I didn't know what I wanted to go into. I tried getting into medicine didn't get in I think that was probably the best decision and look all due respect to doctors I don't think I could have possibly done it and so I landed myself in biomedicine and look biomedicine those three years at the University of Melbourne it was good it taught me many things I wouldn't say I loved it but I think I learned a lot from it and one of the things it gave me was just time to grow to kind of get a better understanding of myself and then interestingly enough it was funny how this entire time I thought I wanted to do medicine and then when third year came around and we had to apply for our postgraduate like degrees or what we wanted to get into I didn't put down medicine at all right and I decided at that point oh I want to go into dentistry and a big part of that was I guess influenced as well by my brother who and if you follow the podcast you would know that my older brother Paul Quinn is also a dentist 
And for the longest time, like throughout high school, I always felt like I was living in his shadows. Yeah. He was always, he, we went to the same high school. He ducks the high school. He was everyone's favorite. Everyone knew Paul Quinn and I was always Paul Quinn's sister. Yeah. And so I was like, nah, never in a million years. I'm never doing dentistry. I'm sick and tired of just like sitting in his shadow. So I wanted to pursue something different. Um, but then as I was going through undergrad, I got to see him go through his dental degree right, and really see all the opportunities that it afforded him. And the opportunities that I say is really that I realized dentistry is such a unique amalgamation of skill sets. And it's something I talk about time and time again on the podcast is that it's that accumulation of, I'm sorry, that amalgamation. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, it's, a composite. Yeah. <laughs> it's the composite, right? Of um, essentially those health sciences, that social aspect where you get to interaction, interact with patients every day. Um, you get to work with your hands, right? So there's that engineering aspect of it. There's that artistic aspect of it. You can pursue you know, business and practice ownership if you want to be. You are an educator. You educate your patients. But then if you work in a big team, you're a team leader, right? You get to help upskill and bring up the, your auxiliary staff, your mentoring younger dentists, right? If you want to, you can go back to university, be a clinical educator. You can go be an academic. You can go into research or you, know, you can go be like Chidham Compel and start your own software company <laughs> or go be a rep at one of the you know, product companies. There's just so many avenues that you can explore as a dentist. And I realized that that's such a unique industry to be involved in. And so, yeah, long story short, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but essentially when it came down to it, I decided that I was only going to apply for dentistry. And funnily enough, Sydney was an afterthought because when I was applying, I only applied for Sydney the day the applications were closing because I didn't think I was going to move interstate. I was just like, I'm just going to stay in Melbourne or in Victoria. Um, you know, I was 21 at that point. I'm the youngest child in my family. My brothers, my brother and sister will say I'm spoiled. <laughs> and I've very much been babied my entire life. So I wasn't going to move interstate. But as just like a last minute look, just to cover my basis, I decided to apply for Sydney as well. And I ended up getting an offer there. And then it just came down to, oh, do I want to go? And my family was really supportive of it. And they decided not only is it a great opportunity, but you get to move out of home and you get to gain that independence and you get to gain some confidence. And that's and that confidence is something I want to talk about in this episode as well. But I've always it's always been something that I've struggled with. And all my life, everyone's always said like, oh, okay, you just need to believe in yourself more <laughs> or you, you just need to be more confident. And I think I go through lulls as I think everyone does is that you go through lulls and like, oh, some days you feel like you're you know, on top of the world. You're the smartest person in the room. And other days it's just like, I don't know anything and I'm not good enough and you know, I don't deserve to be here. And so, yeah, I thought moving to Sydney would be a really great way to push me out of my comfort zone and something that my brother said to me at the time and it's a motto that I continuously use is that you learn the most or you grow the most when you are uncomfortable right and the bigger the change the bigger the growth and so he said this is going to be a huge change in your life and you're going to grow so much from it and so I think coming to going to Sydney because <laughs> I'm no longer in Sydney but going to Sydney I think was the best decision that I made and you know I was in a new city it was very much like this whole new chapter I could start all over again decide what kind of person I wanted to be and I made active changes it was like okay I want to strive to be like someone that I'm proud of right and so I made those changes and I was in a you know, new environment with new friends, um, a new city to explore. And then, yeah, the four years of doing dentistry, look, it, <laughs> there are, it's hardships. It's a difficult degree, but I think, yeah, it was the best decision that I, I made. So, so right. And there'd be a lot of people, a lot of students at least listening to this podcast where, you know, they've traveled from Sydney to go to the University of Adelaide. They've, you know, lived in Melbourne their whole life, but now they're looking at going to La Trobe at Bendigo, I think it is. You know, there's just, um, I think, dental school is one of those degrees where if not most of us have traveled you know somewhere outside of our comfort zone so i think it's um i think a lot of people would resonate with your experience and how uh it really being put out of your comfort zone can really develop you as a person 
It's, it's funny how Erica's just talked about her struggle with confidence, yet she makes this podcasting host business look just too easy. You know, she, uh, she, she makes it sound like anyone can do it. It's like, oh, yeah, I can, I can talk all day and, you know, make it be listenable. But, yeah, look, <laughs> you've gotten to dental school now at the University of Sydney. Tell us a bit about your experience. Dental school is a really it's a, it's a roller coaster i think i think everyone will say that like and in particular for my cohort where we got hit with covid it really threw a spanner in the works and i feel for all my fellow covid grads out there is that it really changed the scene for us we were fortunate that in first year um, you know we got to go in everyone's really excited for their first day at uni everyone's really you know welcoming enthusiastic everyone wants to help each other out a lot of us as you said before Hayden have moved into state or half my cohort are actually Canadian so I had a lot of you know international Canadian friends come over and that very much formed my support network when you're away from home and you're away from family and your you know friends and your support from you know wherever you are from originally to then go into a degree such as dentistry, like your classmates and your friends very much become your family. Um, and it really bonded us, right? So, you know, back from in first year, just sharing notes. And I remember in first year where things are still in person and you had to sign off the attendance sheet. Yeah, you, you befriended a lot of people and <laughs> get other people to sign in your attendance. But yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience. And then by second year, that was when COVID hit us. So I remember, I think it was March 24th, for some reason that day really resonates um, with me. And we thought we were going into two weeks of lockdown. And I remember flying back to Melbourne thinking, oh, I don't want to be in lockdown in Sydney. And those two weeks then became like four or five months. And I was just back home and we we're doing everything online. It was a difficult time because now you're doing a difficult degree, but you're on your own and you're at home and no one expected the 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 overused word at the time was this is unprecedented <laughs> and no one knew what to do about it and so it was a, it was a struggle but then we got through it and in third year we were back at uni we went through our first semester it was great we were seeing patients that was scary and that's its own you know monstrosity on its own is when the first time you start seeing patients but then we got hit by COVID again and then we were back into lockdown and so then that was a you know whole new banner in the works as well. But then thankfully, we got through our fourth year last year, just unaffected. Um, we were able to essentially go back to full capacity and see patients and really gain that confidence. I think by fourth year, everyone's just really excited to get out into the workforce to start and seeing patients. But even then, it was very much like up and down. Right? Like I think personally, throughout fourth year, then a lot of it, I felt like I wasn't ready. And a lot of it comes from comparison with your friends as well, where I was just like, oh, you know, everyone else is doing so much more than I am or people are so much faster than I am or they're a lot more confident. And then my rule placement, rule placement, which I was fortunate enough to do in the later half of the year, that was my taste of what private practice would kind of be like, where we were given independence to call our shots. And then that gave me another boost of confidence. Right, where I was like, okay, I'm ready to graduate. I've got this under my belt. And then I came back to uni and I had probably the worst two weeks or the worst week, I would say, of my entire dental degree just happened a week before I was about to finish the semester. And I remember that being just a huge blow to my self-esteem where it was just, oh, I'm about to graduate, but I've just really hit an all-time low. And I remember at that time, it was just, it was such a weird position to be in because I was fortunate enough also to win the Australian Dental Graduate of the Year Award at that same time. And it felt very undeserving, right? Because it's like, oh, I'm getting, you know, this recognition, which I'm so honoured to receive. But then at the same time, I didn't feel like I deserved it. And it was this huge imposter syndrome thing. It's like my friends, and they were honestly what carried me throughout my dental school experience, my friends and my family, who were the ones that were constantly supporting me, right? And just saying, no, you're, you've got it. Like, you're better than you think you are. You're just being harsh on yourself. But I think the one person that said something to me that gave me so much reassurance was David. And he said this one phrase to me, and I laugh at it, but he said, um, you're not special, <laughs> 
I don't know if he said it in that exact tone. That's how I read his message. But he's just like, you're not special. And it sounds mean, but that one sentence gave me so much reassurance. Where it was just like, you're not special, Erica. You're just like everyone else. You are going to go through struggles. You are going to you know, make mistakes. And you are going to have huge and such steep learning curves, just like everyone else. Because we all go through it. And you know, no one is alone in their journey, right? Oftentimes we see the highlights reel of what people's journeys are like. But the reality is that you know, everyone goes through their fair share of struggles. And dentistry is known, right, to be a degree and a career that's so demanding. And it can be really isolating. And so that's why it's something that I've always been really passionate about is just speaking up about it, just being open, sharing our journeys, sharing our struggles. And yeah, ensuring that we've all got each other's back. And so that's why when you ask me like what my dental school journey was like, I think the biggest takeaway from it is that it is what it is. It will be difficult. And for any of my like younger um, like colleagues or the younger students at school, like I would always say to them, just your goal is just to get through this. Right? Like don't get caught up in the politics. Don't get caught up in you know, all the little details. It's just, just get through it. The learning really begins once you graduate. And that's what I'm going through right now. But just go through it. Enjoy the time that you have there. Make good friends, right? Like don't go through dental school alone because I very much got through it because of my support network. Yeah, you have to be there for one another. Absolutely. And for those who uh, don't know, Eric has written two articles on this particular topic on some of the lows that you can go through in dental school. And I think as I was reading them, you remember, I think it's, it's quite easy to quickly forget some of the the lowest points that you've had in dental school. And I think reading those articles really took me back there. And I think not only is it, Eric is right, that you get through it, but I think it also really, like not only do you get through it, but it also builds your, your inner self-belief as well to see how you can uh, really pick yourself back up and keep going. And I think it's one of those things where always having support and somebody to talk to is like key to getting back on the horse and, you know, riding full steam ahead. Is there, There's a country kid in me <laughs> with my horse analogies. So, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No, I think the biggest thing that it's taught me and probably the biggest lesson that I've had in life is just resilience, right? Like pushing through when things are hard. And again, coming back to that quote that I say my family says to me all the time, it's like through adversity or through hardships and through challenges is when you grow the most, right? So don't shy away when things are difficult. The things that oftentimes people don't want to do because it's difficult are oftentimes the opportunities where you will learn the most and grow the most. And I think that was something that I very much had to come to terms with, and I'm still coming to terms with, it's just every time you make a mistake, treating that as, hey, that's a huge opportunity for growth, right? Um, and even on the podcast as well, I do interviews where sometimes they're fantastic interviews and it's, oh, you come out and you feel fantastic. It's the same thing as when you do a great restoration. You're like, that's a fantastic restoration. But then there are other times where you, um, again, I'm drawing comparisons between between hosting the podcast but also dentistry it's like other times you do one where you're like ah oh, that's a bit suboptimal right or I come out of a interview and it's like oh that was a little bit awkward or I didn't flow as nicely as I wanted to but I think I really learned to train myself into the mentality of not putting myself down it's a fine balance and I think it's a lot easier said than done but treating that as hey that's it didn't go as well as I wanted to but I can learn from that, right? I can grow from that. Um, and being a little bit, being enthusiastic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say about that opportunity, right? Rather than berating yourself and just giving up and throwing the towel in, just being like, hey, that didn't go as well as I wanted to, but at least now I had feedback on how I can improve, right? I think a quote people often say is that a true test of someone's strength is not how well they handle things when things go right, but how well they handle things when things go wrong. I I definitely just, you know, slap on some headphones, listen to a full album of Radiohead, (laughs) look out the window while it's raining, and uh, that normally does it. it. 
<laughs> yeah. Alter- alternatively, you can just do that, right? And just rock yourself, rock yourself in in bed for a little while and see. <laughs> Do you want to add orthodontics to your general practice? So many patients today are looking for aesthetic outcomes and and changes, things that we can do with things like aligners and fixed braces that can put the teeth where they need to be so we can be more minimal in what we do to those teeth. I know it's something I wanted to learn and personally I've gone down the path with OrthoEd doing the mini masters. I'm also getting treatment myself, I'm in aligners right now. If you're ready to go all in with orthodontics, you can go and do the mini masters with OrthoEd and Dr. Jeff Hall and at the end you can get a postgraduate diploma. But if you're starting off with smaller steps, they even have some online education including aligners and aligner courses that are standalone. In the COVID environment we're currently in, these courses have remained live and we can then go and do them in person later on. I really appreciate the way they've managed that and I'm still getting tons of value. OrthoEd gives you an understanding from the foundational level. You understand aligners as well as fixed braces, the mechanics and all the things in between. If you're about to start your orthodontic journey, check out dentalheadstart.com slash orthoed to get 10% off their entire range. You might even run into me at one of the courses. So I guess the next topic is what has the podcast taught you? It's funny because I think a lot of what the podcast has taught me actually comes from behind the scenes. And again, the podcast has been this huge, pivotal part in my growth as a person because I think the biggest thing that it has taught me is just seizing opportunities. And this is something that you know, my, my, my family, and I keep coming back to talking about my family because I think they're a huge impact on my values and shaping the person that I've become. It's just my family's always been like, seize opportunities with two hands, right? In Chinese, what my mum would say, and like to translate it, she's just saying, the golden chair will only pass you by once and it's up to you to take a seat. Right, it's a very grand analogy, but <laughs> I don't think I quite understood it when I was younger. But then, as I grow, I realize it. And if anything, that's probably my mentality for life: is just any opportunity that comes by, say yes. Right, say yes, figure it out afterwards. Right, you can say yes, and you can always pull out and decline it at a later stage, but you can never say no and then come back to it because, again. As Mama Quinn would say, the golden chair is long left you and it's gone and allowed someone else to take a seat, right? So the podcast came to me purely serendipitously, right? It was a Facebook ad that David had posted and I was just like, oh yeah, that's interesting. And I decided just to apply, not really thinking much of it. And then I ended up landing a role um, helping out behind the scenes, doing social media, right? And it's such a, for I think a lot of people, they would consider it a really dull job. <laughs> Just doing social media, it's really unconventional. You know, most people are assisting, but I'm running the social media page for a dental podcast. But what it gave me was really just a foot in the door to understand the industry from a different perspective. At that time, you know, I got to listen to the interviews that David was hosting, the people that, you know, he was connecting with and very much just watching behind the scenes. I was getting familiar with the big names in the industry and learning things outside of dental school. If there's one piece of advice that I could give dental students, it's just broaden your horizons, broaden them from what you know. Again, what I said at the very beginning of the show about being an 18-year-old, how do you know what you want in life if you haven't had a taste for it, right? How can you be a dental student and say, hey, I want to be an endodontist or I want to go and um, be a orthodontist if you haven't really exposed yourself to the ins and outs of it? In dental school, all we know is the academic side of things. But like I said, dentistry is such a huge industry. So joining the podcast and helping out behind the scenes, it got me familiar with, oh, wow. Dentistry is such a huge world and there are so many people and you start getting familiar with the names and not just to say like, oh, you learn the dental celebrities, but you start seeing what other people are doing and you get inspired right? and you realize, oh, that's interesting. This person is doing that or that person is doing this and you start seeing people that you aspire to be like. And that was my first taste of it. And then again, 
Matt continued to grow. I was really enjoying my role behind the scenes. And I told David I wanted to be more involved. Slowly, I began to be much more of the general manager of the show, scheduling posts, in, um, dealing with sponsors, arranging things. And then I took on an interviewer role. And again, that changed things entirely because now I was in front of the microphone. And as someone who I said always struggled with confidence, this was so scary to then have to go talk to, oh, all these really big name dentists and say to them, hi, my name's Erica. I'm a, at that time, a third year dental student. Um, I really like your journey and I'd like to, you know, have a conversation with you. That was really scary. <laughs> and then I'm on a, on the podcast and I'm having to chat with people. And then there was this whole fear of I'm asking stupid questions. And I said that to David, like, look, he was hosting interviews. Chidham was hosting interviews. They are such intricate and such awesome questions that I'm like, wow, you're so smart. I was like, I'm nowhere near that level. What do I do about it? And then David said, but that's not your role to fulfill. You're a dentistry. And after all, you're here to advocate for the dental students and ask the questions that they want to know. It's very much like when we say, you're in class or on Zoom as it is nowadays and the teacher asks, oh, does anyone have any questions? And no one answers and no one raises their hands, but everyone's got a million questions in their head. And then there's that one kid that puts their hand up and they ask the question and everyone's just thinking, oh, thank God they asked that question because we were all wondering it. And so that was something I had to get comfortable with is just not being afraid to ask what feels like a stupid question. Yeah. And then this ended up, I think, shaping this philosophy that I have and I feel quite passionate about is that a true sign of confidence or someone that is truly confident does not need to boast about it or doesn't need to let the world know. Oftentimes, I feel like the people that you know, need to remind everyone that they know the answers to everything or they don't need help at all, if anything, is just a way of protecting yourself out of and it comes and I say this because I know that I was and can still be that kind of person where out of fear of looking stupid or out of fear of people you know looking down on you you essentially try to overcompensate but then I've learned that with time is that you don't need that right ask those silly questions or you know go find out about things and be just genuine and humble and your confidence will shine through through your actions and through your personality and people will see that, right? And on top of that, I think a huge thing is it's taught me how to be a good listener. When I asked David how I should go about interviewing, he said to me, you need to get really good at listening. Stop trying to predict like what you're going to say next and really be in the moment and just listen to what the other person has to say. Take note ask them questions, delve deeper, because that's how you connect with people, by allowing them that space to feel heard. And it's much the same when we're building relationships with patients. Just rather than dictating and driving the conversation, allow them the space to tell their own story. I think those are the things that the podcast has really taught me. It's a lot of just a lot more philosophical <laughs> and I'm sure people don't expect that but yes it's also afforded me I get to chat with all the people that I have had a lot of really incredible opportunities to you know, attend events or you know be able to help write articles as you've said Hayden um, a lot of things that yeah you know, I don't think had I not done the podcast I would have been able to it's essentially given me a platform which you know is so crazy that I get to share and talk to people and hey do people really want to listen to me talk um, it's allowed me to meet a lot of people meet listeners um befriend many of them as well so again also like as a as a call out to anyone who's based in brisbane which is where i am now um if you're listening and you want to be friends i'm also looking for friends <laughs> so that's also one of the wonderful things that the podcast has afforded me is just yeah being able to connect with people but as i said it's also taught me a lot about myself and the career that i want to pursue so eric has given some wonderful advice here and you know, I think we can all ruminate on what she said. Now what we want to know is, now that she's out in the big wide world of Queensland, or at least, you know, practicing real dentistry and not just pretend dentistry, what, <laughs> what, what sort of tips would you have for 
the first few weeks of graduating now that you've you've done it or still doing it's it's crazy and honestly i'm going to continue the theme of what our podcast has been about about really just confidence and you know belief in yourself it's interesting because just the other day i was talking to hugh who's our wonderful admin manager he's my right hand man helped me without with along with hayden with behind the scenes but he said to me oh he's just about to start seeing patients this year and He's like, Erica, it's so overwhelming. There's so many things. Like, I need to understand the protocols and the systems and infection control and the wipe down procedures and how to use the computer. And then I have to see a patient. And it's just a lot. And I thought it was, you know, I could really relate to it. I found it really endearing because we were all in that position. We were all in that position at one point. And that was the scariest thing in the world. And yet now we're a lot more okay with it. But what he felt then, is very much how I'm feeling all over again. I'm the new kid on the block again. <laughs> I was thinking about it all day today because today I started up at a different practice, so at a different um, place. And after just having spent a week and a half at my other practice where I was the whole new kid and I was getting used to meeting everyone and meeting all the auxiliary staff and getting comfortable, I was now... doing it again at a different practice and it's a lot right and you're trying to get used to the computer systems you're trying to get used to the software program the materials that they use the systems that they have in place so I'm working private practice up in Brisbane at the moment and yet private practice is really different from the public dentistry that we were used to in dental school and also I think the not necessarily the dentistry you do is different but the the patient base is different and I think the way you go about treatment can be different as well. But I think the biggest learning curve is you're now the one calling the shots. Okay? And this journey is now, and you know, the kind of dentist you want to be is all dictated purely by you. And so I remember um, the week before I was about to start working, I, again, was very anxious because you now start comparing yourself with other people, right? You start comparing yourself with your friends who have just started working and everyone is doing different things. You've got some people who are jumping in and they're doing you know, surgical extractions. You've got other people who are placing crowns, you know, other people who are you know, starting it off simple, they're doing scales and cleans, others who are observing. Um, everyone's doing different things and I'm here thinking, oh, what am I going to be doing? <laughs> and so I started my first week off really well. It was really nice. And my practice has been so supportive. And they said, we want to ease you in. We're not going to throw you in the deep end. We're going to give you ample time. And you're just going to start off just doing hygiene, right? Just doing scales and cleans, getting familiar with the practice, getting familiar with the staff, with the patient base, practicing your communication skills, um, getting used to the systems, and slowly from there build up. And I loved that. But then before I started, when I heard that's what my first week was going to be, there was also that part of it where you feel like, oh, am I not good enough though? Or am I not living up to expectations? Am I not pushing myself? enough right and so there was that little bit of that trepidation and I had to come back and just reel myself in temper my expectations and just realize that we are all running our own race we're all growing and learning things at our own speed and the capacities and capabilities of someone else of one of your colleagues doesn't necessarily represent your own not to say that you don't have the potential to do that It's just that you're not at that stage. Everyone grows in a different way. Everyone learns in a different way. Everyone has a different type of personality, has a different learning style, and you've got to respect that. You can't push yourself to do something that's not right by you because I feel like, if anything, that's what gets you into trouble, what ends up hurting you, hurting your patients, hurting the people around you. And that's the last thing you want. So... That was something I came to terms with and also realizing that I know a lot more than I think I do. I did just graduate from a degree. I am qualified, right? Just reminding yourself, I've passed my exams. I've graduated. I've got my registration. I am qualified. I've been deemed safe to practice. 
remembering that I've undergone what seven years of edu like tertiary education to get to this point, I know a lot more than I think I do. And that was probably the biggest like thing from this first week and a half of practicing is that day one probably is still, you know, finding my feet, figuring out my words, stumbling a little bit, but then day two. I was a lot more confident communicating with patients. By day three, I was even more confident and more confident in, hey, these are the shots I want to call. Okay? This is what I want to do. But then also realizing when you're not confident to do something. And I think you'll be surprised how accepting patients are. That was something that you know, came to a pleasant surprise to me was just, oh, when I was, un- I think it comes down to the way you word it, right? But I'd say to patients, hey, you know, this to me looks like a orthodontic case. And personally, I don't do a lot of orthodontics, but one of my colleagues you know, is well-trained in that area. If it's okay with you, before you come in next time, I'd love to have a conversation with them, brainstorm a little bit about how we best to go about your case. And at that next appointment, I'll give you a more definitive answer. And then I'm so surprised by how many patients just like, yeah, sure, that would be awesome. I'd love that. I think a lot of it comes down with your wording, but I think that's so important, just also understanding your limitations. Those, again, are not areas where you are falling short, but they're all areas for growth because you're like, in the future, I want to be able to call the shots myself and not need to go consult a colleague. But yeah, each day I was getting more and more confident um, and slowly doing treatment as well. And then, yeah, just coming to terms with, yeah, I know a lot more than I think I do. The next challenge really comes from being confident in the treatment that you want to do and it's the classic situation that people describe where you give one problem to 10 different dentists and 10 different dentists will present different options right and that's something that I very much realized like yeah I'd be working at the one practice but then every clinician would have a different take on how they would manage a case and and I think as a new guy where you're the new kid on the block right you're there and you're still trying to find your own confidence and you're trying, but the, and you want to respect what other clinicians have said. And so, what I found myself doing a lot over this week is um, <laughs> being in like my my other associates or my other colleagues' rooms and just looking at their radiographs and their treatment plan, and just reading it. It's interesting how much you can read from it, just to see, oh, how have they treatment planned this, and how have they gone and decided they wanted to tackle it, and then how would I have done it differently. That's been a huge way of learning for me, actually, because then comparing, oh, actually, yeah, I probably wouldn't have restored that tooth, but having seen, you know, how, what they see and their logic behind it, yeah, I I think I should. In the same case, I think I should be doing that. Right? But then also gaining your own confidence to be, and one of my um, mentors at the practice said to me, he was just like, Erica, it's okay. Like, every dentist will say a different way, but you don't need to follow people's footsteps right you pave your own path right take what you will from others take what makes sense to you but pave your own path do the dentistry that is right by you and so yeah even though I've only been working a week and a half the growth has been immense it's been crazy and I only see it to continue (laughs) going escalating and growing exponentially but I think it's the beginning of what will be a very, very fun journey. And I'm excited to continue sharing it with everyone as, you know, I go through new epiphanies <laughs> or you know, realize you know, different things or encounter different struggles. I think it will be a really interesting thing to share. It's 2022, a time where cloud-based software is enhancing every aspect of our lives. So why not leverage those same capabilities in something we use every day? our dental practice management software. Imagine a platform rethought from the ground up, intuitive and intelligent, using the possibility of today's technology for your patients and your business. A solution that optimizes our daily workflows, creating the edge that modern dentists need to stay competitive and connected. Principal practice management software is this solution. Efficient, intelligent, intuitive, because it's 2022 and you expect better. Go to principal.dental to learn more. So Erica, to end the episode, to finish things up, as you're very familiar, I'm aware, we always ask our guests, you know, what would that, what advice would they give to the young dental student or the recent graduate to really 
give them a dental head start, as we would say. Uh, what would what would your tip be or piece of advice be? I think there are two things that I would share, and I think they're more so philosophies. I guess this has been a very philosophical episode, <laughs> one that's very you know, deep and meaningful. Um, but my two philosophies in life is just one: say yes to every opportunity. Right? I know oftentimes people will say, "Hey, know your boundaries and know when to say no," and I think that's important to know that but then I feel like people have just I think people have the tendency to say no more often than they should right no because the pay isn't good enough or no because I don't have the time or no because I'm taking on too much more no because I don't think I'm good enough right but I, a strong believer that especially now as students or people earlier on in their career where we don't have responsibilities, right, where you essentially have nothing to lose. You are young. You have time, right? You're not running a business or, you know, okay, some people may be, but for the most part, like, you know, we have the time. We don't have the responsibilities. You have the energy, right? You can afford to make mistakes. I'm a very big believer of if not now, then when. So say yes to opportunities because you don't know where that will take you. The the second thing that I would share, and again, this is very much something that was ingrained in me by family, is that treat everyone as equal and be kind to everyone. The reason being is you don't know what other people are going through, but also you never know when you may need someone or when you may be in need. And not to say that in a manipulative way, not to say, you know, you're here to exploit people. But what I mean is that essentially we all inherently will rely on one another at one point in time, right? Yeah. And this goes to all the people, like just people in life in general, but also when you're out in the workplace, right? Your colleagues, your you know, fellow students, your auxiliary staff, the DAs, the practice manager, your patients, right? Is that there will be a time where you know, they may need you, but also there'll be a time where you will very much need them, right? And if you build those connections with people, right? Foster those relationships. We are so much more willing to help people when we know, like, and trust them, right? So be humble. Never think that you are above anyone else because you never know, you know, when you might need that hand. At the same time, you never know when someone else might need you to help them out. And so I think it's a good reminder. Just sometimes we can get caught up in how busy life can be. We can get caught up in our own stresses. But I think, you know, even just taking the time to say hello to people or be nice, use your pleases and thank yous. And I'm not trying to be a mom and lecture people. <laughs> I think I do that to the boys on the podcast <laughs> enough, but I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's just an important thing that we should just carry out with ourselves. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, but coming full circle, it's just that we are in an industry that is difficult. It is tough and we just need to afford each other that kindness right? And to support one another. So that's really the last thought I'd like to end the episode on. And yeah, for everyone that's listening, thank you for listening. Again, as we always say, please reach out to us. You you can find us on all our socials. We're always more than willing to have a chat. And we'd love if you want to get involved. We'd love to have people join us as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. And please tune in for our weekly episodes and monthly features. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.